0: Welcome to the sermons and teachings from the Catalyst Fellowship with Ipai Michael. We hope the the message you're about to listen to will edify you and and cause you to experience exponential growth. And now, the message. This morning, I just want to start on a very light note. Very, very light note. You know, just talk about something very simple, have a simple conversation, and then from there, we begin to fly until we break the roof. Amen. I have three instructions or messages from God to you. Open your Bibles with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 43. The Bible says, the following the day, for, the day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find that Philip, that is the following day, and said unto him, follow me. For 44 says, now Philip was of Beth- Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, we have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth. And Philip said unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, of whom is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? You have to understand, when you read texts like this, don't just read them and pass. He meets Jesus. And Jesus says, uh, says Nathaniel, a man without guile. And he says, how did you know me? It's the same as the woman at the well. How? Have we met before? Have we met before? He says, how do you know me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Everybody read Jesus' response. One, two, go. Hey, read like a mass choir. One, two, go. did you hear that so my first message from God to you this morning is that God prepared for you I'm telling you he prepared for you sees everyone like Adizia already said knows every case (laughs) you would be surprised I think the guys who I prayed for you know what I'm talking about already knows everyone Knows every case, knows every expectation, and has asked me to tell you that he sees you. He sees you. He sees you. you. So, in one way or the other, either by a direct call from me, or a nudge in your heart, or an instruction from the person sitting beside you, he's going to meet your need. It's going to meet your need. It's very important. Let's go to Genesis 28, verse 10. Genesis 28, verse 10. Are we there? Yes, sir. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. I want you all to make sure you're opening your Bibles with me. You have your notepads ready. It says, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. He took up the stones of the place and put them for pillow and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached the heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and God of Isaac. So listen, (laughs) Jacob was in a place. He casually picks up a stone. You have to understand, it doesn't get more casual than that. You are naturally tired. And he casually picks up a stone to set for pillow. And now, he sees a ladder from earth touching the heaven. And angels were descending (laughs) up and down that ladder. You have to understand, what seemed like a casual rest. God was waiting for him there. He got instructions there. Are you following me? God is on this mountain waiting for you. Uh, uh, Listen, I don't know how more I can assure you of this. I don't know how more, I, 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 how, how I can assure you of this that God is on this mountain waiting for you. CLC is that meeting where God is waiting for you at the other end of the ladder. And <laughs> he showed me die. I think that's the best way I can say it. Do you know what I'm he showed me die. I, I swear. That, you know, that's better, a better way to show you that I'm, I'm certain of it. Are you with me? So the second thing he has asked me to tell you is that he wants to change your life and tell you about your future. He wants to change your life and tell you about your future. He gave him instructions. Are you getting this? He gave him instructions. <laughs> if you read from verse fifteen, he says, and be old, "I am with thee, I will keep thee in all places." where thou goest he says i will bring thee again into this land i will not leave thee until i have done that which i've spoken of and jacob awaked out of his sleep and said surely the lord is in this place and i knew it not hallelujah so your preparation might have been as ordinary and as casual as somebody just inviting you you probably didn't know you were coming for this meeting yesterday. Maybe. As casual as that. As casual as Jacob picked the pillow. A stone for a pillow. But the Lord is waiting for you. Are you following me? One last thing. One thing many people don't know about this story whenever you hear it. You know, Jewish commentators identify this place as Mount Moriah. And they let us understand that the stone that Jacob put under his head must have been one of those that formed the altar upon which Isaac was laid to be killed. Are you listening to me? So, a place which had previously housed the altar of God, Allah, God's God's voice spoke to Abraham in Genesis 22. You remember the story. You know the story. Now the altar might have crumbled and the stones might have been around but a piece of that stone was enough to generate such an encounter. Aye. So the third thing the Lord said I should tell you is that every broken prayer altar Spiritual growth, devotion, walk with God. Everything that seems like it might have crumbled. He says they can be built up again. He says all you need to do is start. So in this meeting, every single prayer altar will be rebuilt. Say loud, amen. Pray this one prayer. Say, daddy God. I'm ready for the encounter of my life. Ali talabai, kurwa devai, zodi telabai, balide kutaliman to kaida bai. Ba pote fre baruta seteka. Ali kutru ate velai, bakadote betalute, nan bi katai. Ah, to zevelaika. Kurwa This atmosphere is charged with glory. The power of God fills this air. It fills this room. a petai. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And so on that note, welcome to the Christ Life Camp. (laughs) Glory! One of the most important things, you know, this is the maiden edition of the Christ Life Camp. And by the grace of God, we're going to have these meetings at the end of the year. From this year moving forward. Hallelujah. So this will serve as our end of the year camp meeting. We'll have other camp meetings during the year. But this will serve as our end of the year camp meeting. So we are ready for more. Are you ready for more? All right. Glory to God. Hallelujah. One of the important purposes and one of the reasons why God has set this meeting. I think I'm struggling with this mic a lot. Is it good? It's good. Okay. Is one of the things God has set these meetings to be is for it to be a Christ celebration convocation where we gather. You know what a time to do this. A few days after Christmas when the essence is being lost. So we come together as believers. A a second thing we are trying to do is to have a believers convention. What binds us together is Christ. So we come. We talk about his works. We see our place in his works. We rejoice. We act like believers. We edify each other. That's why, listen, there's nothing I would rather be doing. Even yesterday, in the night, I was waiting for Christmas Day. In the night, we just went to pray. You know, I get it. We're celebrating Jesus. The, the rice is going, but walk, you know, walk day. Let's celebrate Jesus. Let's study the word. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not being extreme. No. know, you eat your rice those of you that were fasting you ate rice raise up your hand <laughs> i told you, you twenty-fifth. On, on anyway so the reason is this for us to have a christ celebration convocation and he has told me that little things will touch people so be sensitive be receptive it might be an instruction it might be a simple word but little things Touch people, and one of the results of this meeting is harvest. Hey, (laughs) is harvest, is harvest, and that's why I want to begin with the most important message in the world. Most important message in the world the gospel. (laughs) Most you know, there's a way the gospel used to do me. (laughs) I'm you, can wake me up in the middle of the night this one, if I'm not skilled in any other preaching, this one, I must know it with my life. You, listen, this is it's the most important. There's nothing more we are looking for. In this is everything. Are you with me? How many of you, when you first read about the love of God, you just kept thinking, like, what manner of love? How is it that deity became humanity for me. I get what I'm saying. How many of you spent time pondering you just couldn't stop when you started to grow. You just wanted to feed on every material. Where, where is it? Where, is the, where are the stories? I remember when I first heard the story of the prodigal son. Ah. I was like, I didn't know. I didn't see it that way. What did they teach me before? So, the emphasis before was on a prodigal son. When I learned it later, I saw a father looking out. Ah, it changed my life forever. Totally. When I saw the excesses of the guy, you squandered all the money. You had to sell quick and cheap. Because how do you take all your father's property and you set out in how many days? You had to sell cheap. Have you ever tried to sell your phone before? You say sharp, 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 they will price you 200, 200. You, You know? now he sold the whole thing and then he goes out and then i'm looking at the details the bible tells us he has to start feeding pigs and according to jewish culture that in itself is a taboo so he had had become he had you know brought himself to a place that that in a normal sense would be unacceptable to god now I started to see, you know, the, the, the sweet message of this guy coming back and practicing his line. I'm going to go and I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned against thee, and I've sinned against the heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please accept me as one of your hired servants. Then I was waiting, okay, maybe when he gets there now, he will, he will recite the story. And the Bible tells us that his father sees him afar off. ah. It changed everything for me. His, his father cannot see my father if he's not looking. He has another son that he would have been focusing on. You have to understand that when you, who is the here? When you tell your father you want your share of his inheritance, you are dead to him, they will not consider you a son. You see how to be said it's you are finished. <laughs> and now, the father now says, Bring me the best robe. Ah. You know, one question my pastor asked me when he first taught this, when I first heard him teach this, he, asked, he said, Whose robe is the best robe in the house? He had to have been the father's robe. So, him with my. How many of you have ever worn your father's shoe before? Your father has to love you. You know, I remember I got home, I asked my dad for his watch. He was like, Take it out. Like, ah. When I was small, he was like, Flog you. I do tell you I watch He said, Clothing. He says, Kill the fat. So, you know, I was surprised. So you are celebrating this sinner that was flog. You are doing party for him. And then the the, 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 the most pressing part of the story, I didn't consider the second brother. Now the second brother hears there's a party going on in his house. And they said, he said, what happened? He said, your brother, That ran away. That was lost his back. Ha. Now he's upset. Some of you don't get. You don't get that story to that point. He wanted the same thing his brother wanted. What his brother had. But listen, he thought he could get it by works. You have to understand. He thought by being present, doing all the things, it was the same thing he was after. You had to why was he angry? You should be excited, your brother is back. But he thought he could so now I'm looking at the stories and I'm like, Lord, what have I been learning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Auntie Funke, what do you teach me in Sunday school? <laughs> what have I been learning? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? My question is: why are you no more excited about okay? All right. Where did that excitement go? You know, basic things like this, people don't know. The first thing, I remember, I've left my notes, but I would just flow. I remember then, I learned the gospel, I just left Babcock University. I was like, what is this? I came back two years consecutively to come and teach people. I was like, how can I have been teaching rubbish all my life? (laughs) <laughs> so it felt like a I, I just needed to make it right to call, when they're not planning they call me, I just started I'll leave butto, everybody <laughs> I will connect anything connectable you know but when I started to learn this it, it was mind blowing, I remember my first ever teaching beloved of the Lord it was an online meeting you know I the flyer I was the one at Bada like that, I think you can remember that meeting I thought the gospel so pure. Someone said, Ah, you sound like Pastor. I say, yes. Listen, I just copy and I pasted for them. I, as I understand it, I give. <laughs> you understand? And people were blessed. People were like, ah, sir, where did you learn that? I say. It's gospel, oh. so from that day on, I started, I could prove to you. The righteousness is by faith and faith alone. No other thing. I became skilled at it. If, there, if, that's any, if there's one thing I know, like the back of my hand is this. And if there's one thing you must know, like the back of your hand is this. Is yes, sir. Yes, sir. this. Is this. The gospel. It's the core of the faith. I know you want to argue attachment or not, but first, settle this. We're going to settle this first. When we know, we know it's going to heaven, then every other thing is secondary. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Settle this. Let's, let's, let's be skilled in what matters. So, what I've come to see is that a lot of Christian communities are, are majoring on the minor and are not putting emphasis on the most important things. There's a, a simple statement I learned that the gospel. It's so simple that a child can understand it. Yet, it's so profound you will spend a lifetime exploring and experiencing its fullness. So simple. It's so simple. It's not complicated, it's basic. Your younger brother can understand it. Don't think they are too small. Have you seen little children understand the gospel? It's basic. And if you're here and you're thinking, I've not reached the age. You know that feeling. I've not reached really the age to be doing all these God-God things. Let me enjoy life first. When I, you know. They play. <laughs> <laughs> so, so listen. Present it to them young. It's so simple. A child can understand it. But it's so profound. You will spend lifetime. Experiencing and exploring his fullness. So, the same gospel that got you saved is the same gospel that will cause you to mature. You know, there was a story Pastor Oge is going to be with us tomorrow by the grace of God. The story Pastor Oge told in one of his meetings. You know, he said someone invited him to a meeting to come and preach. So, the one of the guys texted him and said, "Ah, sir, what would you be preaching about? He said, I'm teaching the gospel. He said, ah. he said sir, we're expecting deep things say you know what go on our website check all our sermons if what i have is not deep enough for you i'm not coming <laughs> i'm not are you getting what i'm saying yes, same gospel will cause you to mature. the way god has set the gospel is such that as you continue to unravel who he is your heart for him grows your love for him grows you begin to see more you begin to understand more. Are you get what I'm saying? You know a lady met me, an Indian lady met me in Windsor. And she she wanted to know God genuinely. And I, she just kept on asking me, "What are the laws of God?" I'm like, "Wait, let me teach you the gospel." She said, "No, she said she wants to know the laws, what she can live on earth to be like God." I said, "I think there's a misconception." And maybe other religions you're familiar with just give you a set of laws. But Christianity is different. God wants to win your heart first. Then you will easily follow his laws. I get what I'm saying. So I told her, I said, I said, you know what? Just wait. L- let me teach you what Jesus did for you. I said it's different with our God Christianity is a different faith it's different from what you're expecting I know you want the laws but I'll be doing you a great disservice to just give you that because Christ spent his whole time coming to tell them that listen God wants a relationship even more than just minions that are following after laws he wants to win your heart I get what I'm saying so as we continue to understand God's love, we continue to grow. I'm telling you, you want to be better in your devotion to God, understand his love. You will know why you will not miss meetings. Are you with me? You see, good works will easily flow. They will not force you to fast. Force you to fast. When you know the kind of life you want to live. When someone won your heart, someone died for you before you knew you needed saving. they tell you that (laughs) they tell you that you have an uncle and he said it's his desire for you to skin your head will you do it but if they tell you that he gave you his kidney when you were small will you do it you at least consider it so he wants to win your heart first so you know the bible tells us when he begins to give us the example we see that what god wants to do is that when he loves you much and he forgives you much you will love him much more that's what god wants are you following me so if i were to name this sermon that we've started maybe i will not give it a name just so that you don't have your mind boxed in a spot hallelujah how many of us are in the university I shall finish him very soon. Because church will soon start to... You know, they call church. <laughs> they finish school fast. Hallelujah. But we have a branch in Babcock. How many of you are from Babcock? What other university? Bowen? One. Okay. Two? I thought <laughs> you know of you from Bowen. I'm like, I know you are Anybody from affair? Okay. Uh, they are probably online. Okay. All oh, these investors, will they come? Woo! Small, small. All of you know, banjo. Will they come? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will they come? Glory to God. Listen, many of us are, are in university, or at least you've passed through one. And many of you are experts in one field or the other. You're photographers, you know, when we say experts, in our father's days, you say engineer, pilot. Now, when you say experts in a field, you say you're a tech bro. You're I'm kidding. You are a UX designer. You know, those things don't sound very disappearance type, but at least now, those people are making money. Hallelujah. But you are an expert in one field or the other. And listen, medicine is good, philosophy is great. But all of this and the study of this with all your life cannot still give you mastery on the subject of eternity. Listen, are you listening to what I'm saying? With all the wisdom in the world, this is still a stumbling block for human wisdom. What happens to a man when he dies? What happens? Where does he go? Where? There have been brilliant minds in many fields and still cannot answer the most basic question, what happens to a man when he dies? Isn't it a simple question? So, the most important things we need to learn, we cannot learn from school. I'm telling you something, but I'm not telling you something. (laughs) It's not from my mouth that, yeah. yeah, Parents will not say, You went to that camp meeting. (laughs) You can't learn from school. I get what I'm saying. We can't get it from our exalted life. All all of the influence you have can't get you this. So no matter how the money you get, one day, one day, there's a problem that the money cannot solve. I I, get what I'm saying. There's a problem the money cannot solve. There's a problem it cannot solve. No wise man can be confident of his eternity. Isn't that shocking? You put wise and unable to be confident. It doesn't add up, but you know, that's it when it comes to the subject matter. No wise man. No wise man. Three questions. Is there life after physical death? Do we really have hope of continuing our ex- existence after we drop this body? And if there's such a life, how do we know? Are you getting what I'm saying? How do we know? It's a billion dollar question. <laughs> How? See, as a young child, this, this question disturbed me. Then I used to be so scared. How many of you had that experience? I was like, we'd it to just go black. I didn't want to go old, though. When I was younger, I was like, oh, God, just delay this old thing. Because I don't know what's going to happen. Am I just going to off? <sighs> One time, I started consoling myself that maybe we'd all be like sleep. I will not know. Huh? So it, it was one question that played my mind as well. And, and culture is littered with ideas that make people think that they don't care about it. You know, people think that people behave as if they don't care about it today, but they do. Yes, sir. Are you with me? They do. They behave as if they don't, but we realize that they do. In a culture where people are already investing in things like cryogenic sleep. So they want to freeze themselves and remain in stasis until the cure for living forever is invented. And you think I'm joking, but it's happening. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> People are researching on how not to age. Is that not the reason why they are changing? Or People don't want to age now. But one day, one day... <laughs> See man go die, you know. Go pity, come back. You know, go pity. How many of you know that song yes, from 2003? Oh, you know, we say 90s, but 2003, I know Sabi the song, even 1999. Maybe okay, no, 1999. They know I'm they know I'm hallelujah. Oh, no, 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 okay, I not do the categorization well. If you stay that side, <laughs> you don't know it. If you are surrounded by water, you don't know it. Oh if you are surrounded by land, you know the song. I not know anything. Park. Be, uh, what did I say? That? Do you hear know me anything? Okay. Ikohi. <laughs> know. I the they know it more. Aja. Hallelujah. People don't want to die. But yet, there's no answer to this basic question. So, so I, did a, did, I, I did a quick search, rather. You know, I just searched on Google. Fastest place we go for answers. What happens after I die? What happens after I die? And so I started seeing a lot of answers. But nothing really says what happened after I die. It begins to describe your body you get cold. You lose sense of life. Nothing. Okay, what after and call? <laughs> I know. I know. You know, your hands get cold. It feels like you're falling. Out. Okay, will I wake up? What happens after? What happens after? I get what I'm saying. Yes, and everyone just gave information about the process of what happens before and what happens to your body. And I guess that's what is expected. <laughs> One interesting response I saw though was about NDEs, near-death experiences. And I will read two very basic cases, you know, I just decided to add to my notes. One interesting response, an incredible story of a lady who died for a few minutes. And when she came back, she told them how she saw herself elevate from her body. And she could see her body and she could see them. So they doubted her. And then she told them everything that everybody did in the room. <laughs> Isn't that funny? She told them what all of them did in the room. Like, you, 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 you did this. You did this. You did this. You did this. Many of the stories have some very close similarities. I saw light. And I was moving towards the light. And they say, okay... Is our brain's method of interpreting death but she, all of our brain is the same that all of us are seeing the same light or staircase you have to get what i'm saying i mean there's one I mean, yeah, giving us all of us the same story slide the card <laughs> i get what i'm saying it doesn't make sense and even though this is not a, a, a strong proof of eternal life At least it's close to something that, okay, there might be something after. There might just be something after. Are you following me? But many of us have just come to this place of only God knows. Socrates, Galileo, all the brilliant scientists. Who are the ones in our time? Shalom. What's the name of this guy that is on the wheelchair? Mm -hmm. Stephen Hawking. You know, I didn't want to say this, but you know, Stephen Hawking believes in empiricism. That is what you cannot taste, smell, feel is not real. Can you taste love? Can you smell love? Can you touch love? Is it real? It's not real. It's real. So you can't even use embarrassing to prove God because it's not material. And then how do you prove life after death if you cannot test life after? Do you get what I'm saying? (laughs) Hallelujah. And so in Acts chapter 17, everybody, the Bible begins to tell us about a man named Paul. He wasn't in the same intellectual class as any of these people I've told you about. Maybe he wasn't in the same intellectual class as Socrates or Galileo or Steve Hawkins or Elon Musk. Let's measure your name. But (laughs) the way he looked at me, like, if you measure my name. He probably wasn't. And he wasn't. And then the Bible tells us that he went to a city, Athens, Greece. And in Acts chapter 17 and verse 20, the Bible tells us that Paul stood. In the midst. Are you all there? Yes, sir. He says, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed, I beheld your devotions. I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Whom you therefore, He says, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. He says, Him declare I unto you. Is it, is it, you might be you have a man's wisdom, but on this matter, I'm more schooled than you. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? I'm more schooled than you. I'm more schooled by, than you, Cornelius, rich, having people at his back and call. On this matter, the angel said, Send for Peter, a fisherman. Uh, so now you understand that this matter is not a subject of intellectual class, neither is it a subject of your riches. Are you getting this? It says send for Peter. He will give you the words by which you might be saved. Are you getting it, Zacchaeus? You know what it means. I use myself as examples the first time. So I'm walking out, and you just see Zacchaeus climb the tree. P Mike, P Mike. Or you see Dan take climb the tree. P Mike. that's why I use myself as example. How people do it. Mike. I want to invite you. I get what I'm saying. Some rich men in their time. Rich men. Doing the extra. You know, the Bible tells us, was it Cornelius? He lay prostrate before Peter. You know, he said, I beg, I beg. <laughs> no, just stand up, sir. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he has nothing to do with schooling, money. In verse 31, the Bible says, Because he appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man who he had ordained. He says, Whereof he had given assurance to all men in that he raised him from the dead. So there is a day after the existence of mankind. Paul is telling them, when mankind will give account for his life. He's talking about the reward seat of Christ. Speaking about the resurrection from there. Listen, he was speaking so sure. How did he know? I get what I'm saying. Look at how he was speaking. So sure. How did he know? In the entire teaching, he did not quote scripture. I get what I'm saying. For one reason, the guys he was talking, when he was speaking to Jews, he quoted scriptures to them. The guys he was speaking, he needed to reason with them. Are you getting this? In 31, he said, there is day, an appointed day in which he will judge the world by the man who he had ordained. He says, whereof? Read that part, want to go. He had given unto all men. He says, listen, he says he has given what? Assurance. Assurance of what? assurance of an existence of life after so that simple question that there's yet no answer to by many of the best minds in the world he says he has given assurance by who by that man whom what he raised from the dead so paul is telling them listen i witnessed something and it's going to change everything forever I saw a man. He died. <laughs> he rose. This solves the question forever. It answers the question forever. Is there life after death? It answers it forever. He's explaining that he, he, this is not a one off miracle that someone just, mm-mm. you know, if you raise someone from the dead, uh, Still die back, but this one rose to never die again. Ah, it answers the the, the keys of death, the mystery of death. Everything, all grab them, it's in the pocket. You understand? It's in the pocket. Grabbed it. A lot of people just see it as the testimony of a mighty God, but no. There's a reason why the Bible tells us that Jesus, as much as he was fully God, was also fully man. When you read the scriptures, well, you have to understand why. It's because he was not just showing you what will become of a mighty God, he was showing you what will become of you. So, the, the Bible tells us, before the death of Jesus, he was called the only begotten of the Father, monogenes. After his, after his death, what was he called? He was called the first begotten, prototokos. Why? Because his death brought many sons to glory. He became an example to you. So, what happened to him will happen to you too. If a man can die and be buried and resurrect, then every man in the world has hope that there is life after death. Are you getting this? Every, you have to see it. There's life after death. Same person speaking there was speaking in First Corinthians chapter 15. And verse 12. Are you all there? It says, now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead. Are you reading this? Let, let's read it together. Are you guys ready? Yes, One, two, go. Did you, read that? Did, you, did you see what you just read? If Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some of you that there is no resurrection of the dead? He says, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is vain. He says here, we have found false witnesses of God because we've testified of God that he raised, it up, raised him up from the dead. Whom he has not raised up. If so be that dead, the dead, it says, if so be that the dead rise not. So you know what this means? If Christ raised, if Christ was raised from the dead, the question of what happens after death is answered forever. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The problem before was that there was no one who could tell us. Imagine there was a forest. I remember when I got this example, I was preaching with my friend, Pastor Ineolua, you know, We went, we went to Ikorodu Gary to preach to some people. And I was just looking for the best analogy to explain to this young guy who was a Muslim. You know, how, how to just understand what I'm saying. So I told him, I said, if we have a forest here and people keep entering into the forest and nobody comes out, nobody comes out. Now rumors begin to spread. If you go into that forest, you get rich. If you go into that forest, there's money everywhere, gold, land of gold. Those of you that want to leave Nigeria so fast. If you get into that place, there'll be lights. They shake the (laughs) lights. That's one huge, you know. Anyways, I'm not going to talk about that. So people are going in there, but no one has come out. And then some people say, Ah, if you go in there. It's a mighty dragon that will rip you apart. So now, rumors everywhere, left and right, stories. I get what I'm saying. Yes, will you enter? No. <laughs> will you enter? So one day, you were playing beside it. You're like, ah, what is there? Then someone steps out. And he says, if you go there, his life and riches forevermore. Listen, will you ever doubt him? I listen to what I'm saying. Will you ever doubt him? His word becomes the premium. On listen, he becomes the only person with the authority to speak about that. He should write a book. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I get what I'm saying. He should write a book. Best-selling author on the forest. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you understand know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't sit down in the congregation and write a book about a forest you've never entered. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Every religion promises you a paradise But none of them have a reason Isaiah to show for it Are you with me None The words of Jesus become the premium on this subject matter So if he says if you believe in him you would live you best be- better believe in him For you for the safety of your life and eternity better believe in him Are you with me Amen He was giving evidence with flesh and blood. 1 Corinthians 15, 3. Are you learning something? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 3. The Bible says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins, according to scriptures. And he was buried. And that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. And that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain until this present. But some are falling asleep. So he says, he was seen of who? Zephas. Peter. Then, who else? The twelve. Then after that, over five hundred. So, you read about this and they're like, how are you sure it's alive? He's a lie. And then Paul says, wait. Ask Peter. Ask the twelve. Then if you don't believe he says, go and ask 500 people. He says, some of them are alive today, even though some of them have died. I, I get what I'm saying. He was telling in his time, he was saying that some of them are still alive. You, go and, you can go and ask them. So, if it was hypnosis, how do you hypnotize over 500 people at the same time? At least one person will say, ah, hey." <laughs> That's why it does not make sense for you to tell us that. Was Judas they crucified? What are you you saying? Judas. Don't don't they know Jesus? You know what I'm saying? And then he he rose. They say he ran to India. 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 (laughs) Sorry I'm saying it like that, but you know what I'm saying? They say Sefer saw him. They say the 12 saw him. They say 500 saw him. You say he ran to India. Say he started a new race of Christianity there. I wanted to say they play, but it must not be a trend. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You have to understand. When the Bible tells you, you know why I love the Bible so much? The Bible is so pure and truth that it does not hide the weaknesses of the great men. It tells you that when Jesus was taken, disciples ran away. If they were trying to lie, they would say they stood there. They would say, Don't kill him. I'm with you. Today. <laughs> but it tells you that the same guy that said, Father, I will not betray me. Before he jacked like this, at least he was even close. He denied Jesus. But listen, yes, he denied, but he was close to even. The- Where were the rest? They were not in a vicinity to even deny. <laughs> you have to have that. They ran away. So the apostles were not men of extraordinary faith as you might suppose. Listen, he has to take a sudden huge experience to turn a man who betrayed Jesus two days ago to be ready to give his life after. He must have seen something assuredly. Something you can't take away for, from him. That men who ran away, who later come, and not ever recant... You have to understand, there is no record of any disciple recanting his testimony, no matter the torture they put him through. So they crucified someone on X-shaped cross. They wanted to say, no, I cannot die like my father. I said, turn me upside down and just kill me. They threw some in hot boiling oil. And they never... Re- you have to. There has to be an die dieting that would make you give your life. Listen, if I say, ah, ah, I beg, Alex... If they enter, just tell them I'm not here. By the time they blow your mouth, <laughs> you, say, you, say, you say, Sir, Sir, I know, I know, but. And they lynch you, spare. You will just confess. I'm telling you, you can only give your life for something you believe. Did you hear know what I said? Yes, sir. You can only give your life for something. You know, when my parents scolded me, you know, when my dad used to scold me when I was young, he would only scold me. I hope he's not streaming. I you sent him the link? He <laughs> said we should send him the link. Please make sure I don't send him the link. He will only scold me, you know, when obviously I've done something wrong. And me, I would be remorseful when, but one day, ah, I went to school. Who knows King's College? Ah. You don't go to that school and come back with five pairs of uniform. If you come back with one, thank God. You have to... Somebody will walk past you and the person will wear a shirt. On the collar, they will write, You will see him like this. You cannot do anything. <laughs> we are, you know My name was printed in green ink here and here. Yet, <laughs> they will tear the cord, that part, they will tear iron it. I own it. So I came home. Empty box. At least, not empty. I present some things. You know what i My father was so pissed. He said, I'm careless. I said. So I was just I was just so upset. Like, ah, you being, it's not my fault. I used to go out and wash cloth. I will we'll, sit we'll hang the cloth beside generator. We'll now sit and be reading beside so that they will not steal the cloth. It's not good now. But they still stole it. Yeah. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> they still stole it. So that day, he was really pissed. So I I looked at him with bad eyes. I believe he showed me that that it's not my fault. So when you believe in something, you don't just randomly recant. Do you know what I'm saying? You don't just randomly recant. I was so like, it's not my fault. He said, it's me. I'm talking to you. It's not my fault. Ah! (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? I was very young at the time, but I can remember that as the one moment where I was just like... It's not my. There's nothing I could have done. If those people could steal me, they would steal me too. <laughs> At least I came back <laughs> with sound mind, good health, and a box with some things essential for living. I've done well. Do you understand what I'm saying? On this message, they, they were sure because they felt it. You, you know, I think it was John that said, He said, He says, you know what we felt with our hands, we, we experienced. I get what I'm saying. <laughs> Hallelujah. On one occasion, he said, "Is that fish? Give me, let me eat." He said, "If you don't believe, give me, let me eat." He says, "Feel me, touch me." You know, one of the guys, he said, "I will not believe until I put my." He said, "Okay, now." Touch. Feel. <laughs> Feel. I get what I'm saying. Feel. You know, at one part, <laughs> Jesus called them fools for not believing. He said, oh, fools and slow of heart to believe. You cannot easily put together. Scripture has told you enough. People went and saw angels and told you, you, still, you are still walking on the road. They say, what are you discussing? You say Jesus, so he's supposed to... A fool and slow of heart to believe. You've seen scriptures. You've even told you. Peter has gone. All of them have they come back. The women gave you. You now even told him that a certain of our brethren went and they did not see his body. You are still doubting. I get what I'm saying. So imagine you were sent to investigate the case. Please let me know when I have 30 minutes more. You were sent to investigate the case. Investigative journalist. I I would usually use the example. So, you know, you get there. You know, I want to prove this matter. I, I want to know if this guy really died. You know, this story. You know, there's a movie I love so much. It's called The Case for Christ. I love that. There was a period in my life where I saw certain movies. I read certain books. I was like, wow. You know it, w- it was Listrobel who said that the evidence for the resurrection of jesus christ is so compelling it can be presented in modern day courts uh, you know can be presented in modern day courts so you get there you say ah what happened they said jesus so they killed him so maybe you start by saying ah maybe he did not die there's a theory like that maybe he did not die okay but then, you go and research Roman soldiers. Once you put Roman, 300 comes out. Then you see sword. Okay. As you are putting in Roman, some medieval movies come out. You see how they are flogging people. Then you see that these people have history of killing people. Hey. Okay. All right. Then I put Roman soldiers. You now said crucifixion. You now see that the the, the crucifixion method of... he, He was in a place with his disciples. And Moses and Elijah appeared in the place. And, you know, so funny that the same person who had had the exact same experience as him before appeared in the place. And then all of a sudden, a voice from heaven comes and says, This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. And then his face became radiant. The last person that happened to was there in that meeting. And the radiance of Moses' face was to declare the testament. You know, was to the testament of the efficacy of the ministry of Moses. Now! The same thing happens with Jesus. But not just a radiant face. The voice of God. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Listen, the teaching ministry of Jesus has to be exalted above every other. Proven time and time again by God and many signs. Are you with me? The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, it says, God who in sundry times and in divers manners, spoken to us in time past. Through who? The, 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 our fathers and the prophets. It says that it's in these last days, spoken to us through who? His son! So when we are talking about the subject matter of salvation, the one single authority is who? Is Jesus. I don't think you are convinced. The one single authority is who? Jesus. Jesus. Moses said the woman with the issue, any woman with the issue of blood should stay at home and not come out. The woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus and then she got healed. Ah. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. It's a different dispensation we're talking about. Since Moses said, says I see. Say. <laughs> Are you following me? One day Jesus was, you know, beside the well, a woman comes to him. She had been divorced many times. And based on the picture you might have had about Jesus, you were not probably expecting what he did. You've been divorced many times and you come to Jesus. You know Come close to me, the Lord of glory. What, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> are you with me? Some of you, if Jesus should treat people the way you treat people, ah, none of us will survive. Bro. You know, that was one thing I was, I was having a conversation with one Muslim yesterday. <laughs> I'm not going into that. Are you following me? Ah, 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 listen, what did he tell the woman after giving her a word of knowledge and everything? What did he tell her? You don't know the story? What did he tell her? I didn't know the story. (laughs) Ah! Anyways, let's go on. After the conversation, listen, she did not run away in fear. She ran away telling them, come see the man. (laughs) Are you getting me? So you are hearing about this, Jesus. Jesus. And then you let her head again that a woman caught in the act of adultery was brought to him. And they were rushing her. What, what a sight. If they catch a woman in the act of adultery, they might not give her time to wear clothes. So, what a, what a sight it must have been. And she was brought before him to see what he would do. And the expectation might be such an unclean woman. That might have been the expectation, and you think it's an extra, extra situation I'm talking about? Because this maybe it might sound extreme, but it might be how some of you might have thought about yourselves before. I get what I'm saying. And so she's brought before him. Ah. The fact that that woman survived that experience is testimonial. I, I get what I'm saying she's brought before jesus and then what did jesus say he says he who is without stone let him be the first to cast a stone and then all of them drop their stones and he looks at the woman and he says go and sin no more i'm telling you did not say join sabbath school discipleship school you know it meant that he believed so much that his love is able to change her heart to believe in him for her salvation. And he's able, listen, we're not talking about giving us an extra se- Is able to change our lives to, to the extent that she would willfully follow him and submit her life and change our ways. I, I listen to me. This is a true story. True story. And you are telling me that you want to add that attachment to what God has already said and say they must do love. Mm-mm. If Jesus believed that his love is enough to change a man's heart, believe it. The gospel is enough to change the life of a person, believe it. Not the gospel and the gospel alone. Are you getting this? Peter. You know, it, it wasn't it, Simon actually was with Jesus. The, a woman came in and was washing, you know, I'm trying to remember the story of well. A woman came in and w- was, was, was cleaning the leg of Jesus with ointment. And the Bible tells us that she was a popular harlot. And the Simon was beside Jesus and they saying, how are you thinking? What is this woman doing beside you? And Jesus knowing the intention of his heart responds to him and tells him a story? Do you know that story? Let's read Luke 7. It says, Luke 7 verse forty it says, And Jesus said unto him, Simon, I have something to say to you. He says, so he said, say, teacher. He said, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one whole 500 denarii, and the other 50. And when they had nothing which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me which he loved more. Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned, turned to the woman and said, Do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her hair, with her tears, wiped them with her head. And you gave me no kiss, but she has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are what? For what? But to whom little is forgiven, the same love. So Jesus' principle is this. He who I forgive of more will love me more. So it's not the extent of your sin that scares God. Mm-mm. Your sin might be great, but his love is greater. I get what I'm saying. It doesn't scare God. It doesn't scare God. Are you getting what I'm teaching you? did god favor the one who hold who owed more and it's one thing many people struggle with are you with me the bible calls him the just and the justifier Ah, that's powerful he's just but he's still the justifier he's powerful i'm going to teach you about it you begin to read about heroes of faith you're hearing about people like samson you broke all the laws there is for the people like you. Don't touch dead body. You killed lion. You touch the dead body. Don't drink. You did drink. Don't sleep. You slept with... They say don't cut your head. You cut it. You let them cut it. Then in the end, you still beg God for power. And you see, you now committed suicide on top. The writer of Hebrews is now writing. I put Samson. <laughs> who they write this list? <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? Samson. Then they say Rehab, they are lots. They say Rehab first, and I say so. You know the rare, and I say they are lots. It's categorizing, so you know who he's talking about, so that you don't doubt. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, who they write this list? I then to say David. Ah, <laughs> are you with me? Ah, that's literally your expression. Yeah, <laughs> it has to be who is writing this list. But God is telling you, and my time is fast, but I, I just want to balance this message for you. Can I tell you something? I'm, I'm gonna speed up a bit, but can I tell you something? The problem is not the message. I know they want to balance. they want to tell you that if you preach it like that, people will continue to... But Jesus preached it like that. Yes, Are you Jesus' PA? You want to write addendum? <laughs> you want to write appendix to Bible? <laughs> he believed that his love was enough to change the heart of it. Why is it that we... we ah, why is it that we expect a person to Be admitted into school by the exam of his 400 level is when he comes in, he will learn and he will write the exam. Are you with me? The prerequisite to salvation can I listen? The result of salvation can never be the prerequisite to salvation. What will be your outcome after school cannot be your prerequisite to get admission. I, I get what I'm saying, and this is important. So when jesus says go and sin no more he knows what he's talking about so we're not saying go on and sin no we never thought that we will preach this message there's a sermon i would usually preach i call it i call it hyper grace because if it's not hyper it's not grace you can't define grace without lavish I can love you can't. It's impossible. He was, describing, he was describing it in Ephesians. He used adjectives. I, I get what I'm saying. How do you want to describe the story of Adolfo's mind I not say it's lavish? I call some things adjectives of grace. The text is in Ephesians. He uses how many words back to back? How many of you know that text? Exceedingly. No, that's a different text. Exceeding abundant riches of his grace. The exceeding riches of his grace and his love. So he was describing how rich is enough to say rich. Say exceeding. You understand what I'm saying? Over the mark. Upa. So Uba Balo is you are running hundred meters. And you finish the hundred meters, you not stop. Like <laughs> ten thousand. <000. laughs> where you begin to imagine it stopping is where it starts. It's beyond the mark. I get what I'm saying. It's beyond the mark salvation is and would always be a gift. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, for by grace you are saved not of works. Not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. It's not of works, let any man should boast. So where is boasting? It's it's not found here. If you can boast about it, then it's, it's it's not grace. What does a gift mean? You don't merit it. I get what I'm saying. But when the Bible taught that, he also taught in verse 10, it says we are his workmanship, created in Christ, what unto good works. So listen, before now we might, not be able, we might not have been able to do it, but now that we are saved, listen, good works would never have gotten us saved, but now that we are saved, we will, good, we will do good works. Are you getting it? The gospel will spur me up to more love for God. That I want to study his word. The gospel will spur me up. You, you see where I started from. The, the, the gospel's message will spur you up to more fasting. The gospel message will spur you up to realize that now you are saved. You no longer live for yourself, but for Christ who died for you and rose again. So your life is no longer your own. You receive someone else's life. You have to live his life. It will spur you up to what? To consecration. Are you get what I'm teaching you? And now you understand that he has given you such a great gift and an assurance and there are other believers like you, you can edify to spur you up to more in charismatic ministry. It will spur you up to more in evangelism. And you know, if you are going to do evangelical work, you have to commit yourself to much more praying. It will spoil you up to praying, to intercession. What else do you think growth is about? Why do you need miracles? For a sign that they will believe. I get what I'm saying. So now in the gift of the spirit learn it why that more people see these signs and they follow it says these signs shall follow them that believe it's your inheritance in him, he has given it to you the second reason why you have the gifts is for the edification of brothers and sisters in the faith for our growth and comfort so you will grow in charismatic ministry out of the same gospel i get what i'm saying did they call you to be a pastor The gospel must spread. This same gospel. I get what I'm saying. So growth will come out of this. You would mature by this same message. Are you listening to me? You would mature by this same message. And this is important. Very, very important. Important. We get very carried away that we don't realize how to ponder. It's one thing I want to teach you in this meeting. How to ponder on the word. When you take scriptures, what do you do with, what do you do with it? Sit down on one verse. Meditate on it. Think about it and how it applies to your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Think about it. Spend time on it. We we, we have not learned how to meditate. We've not learned. Do you know what it means? That the, the, the Israelites kept on falling God's hand back and back again. And he still loved them. He was still their God. Some of you don't think about where you are right now with respect to God's love. I, I, think, I think it shows the extent of his love that you are still where you are even upon everything you've done. That they can say that the, sin of, that, 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 that the death of Christ covers your sin, present, past and future. is mind-blowing. How about you just cover the past and let me live better now. you not say present, past and future. Ah, you trust me that much. Do you get what I'm saying? It's exceeding love. It's exceeding love. It's exceeding love. Pray in the language of the Spirit wherever you are. Rise to your feet and just pray in the language of the Spirit wherever you are. Thank Jesus for this great love. Be intentional about it.